0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard Scotland are in Russia looking for some positive signs amidst a miserable qualifying campaign We'll hear from Stevie Clark and Robert Snodgrass on the chances of pulling off an unlikely shock and Celtic tell fans that use of pyrotechnics must stop I'm Gordon Duncan, joining me tonight is Jim Duffy and Mark Guidi Yeah, it is all about the game against Russia tomorrow night Gordon, as you say, Scotland can't qualify but it's still important, I've got four games to play between now and the playoff in March and tomorrow night kicks it off in Moscow against Russia will Lauren Shanklin play will Oliver Butt play be interesting to see who gets a number 9 uh, jersey will be looking for a good performance to take into the San Marino game on Sunday at Hamden and for Celtic supporters as you say the club find yet again by UEFA when will the penny drop is it going to get to a case where UEFA need to close down a part of Celtic part as well which nobody wants so the Celtic supporters really need to take stock yeah, I mean, it's always uh, difficult, uh, you know, you see in Europe, we see all over Europe, uh, Gordon Flair's going off, it seems to be part and parcel of football now, but, uh, you know, if, you're, if, it, if it keeps, um, you know, continuing, and obviously, as Mark has said there, they're, they're likely to, to stop fining and, and start closing a, a part of the stadium down, which is which would be, you know, tragic really for, for good fans who want to go and, and watch the game, but public safety is paramount as far as Scotland is concerned. We need a performance against Russia. I mean, let, let's not underestimate it. You know, we, we won't qualify from the group. We do have the playoffs. But I think that the last two performances have been well below the level we would expect. So we're not saying we're going to get a result, but let's see if we can get a real togetherness and fighting performance that gives us a little bit of hope going forward. What did you make of the way that we've left the domestic front? Mark Guidi, it goes in the back burner for a week or two. Um, how do you make, what do you make of, of the way things lie at the moment? Uh, oh, what a twist! You know, this time last month, Celtic are top of the lead, having gone to Ibrox and won comfortably, and then four or five league games later, it's totally flipped, and Rangers going on a terrific run. Celtic dropping points away from home, and Rangers are now top of the table. So, for Scottish football, for any neutrals out there, I think it's brilliant. I think we've all thought that there neutrals, was going to be Mark, what's a neutral? <laughs> somebody like yourself, Jim. <laughs> a they, neutral, a Gordon. It's something that you're going to. I've got a title race in our hands and I think I've I've said consistently my point would be that I fancied Celtic to win the title well I did say I wouldn't be surprised if we went down to the last day of the season but what I said was I think how I would qualify for Rangers being serious containers if Celtic slipped up this season Rangers were good enough and had the stronger squad now to take advantage and that's what's happened it's been there but you know Rangers had a number of opportunities last season where Celtic slipped up and Rangers for whatever reason, lack of ability, lack of strength and depth, didn't take advantage this time. They are, and it's a major warning for Celtic. But what a title race we've got, Gordon. It's great. Yeah, I mean, I think the last season, I think we said on the programme, we felt Rangers missed a trick because Celtic started poorly and Rangers didn't really take advantage of that. And then, obviously, by the time the, the winter break came in, Rangers just got their noses in front, although beat Celtic in a game in hand, and then didn't capitalise after the winter break. And I think all of those things, I think, you know, Stephen Gerrard looked at, I think he assessed and thought, listen, we need different types of players for different kind of games. And he's tried to address that in the summer. Um, and this time round, there is the real competition. But I still think, and that's always think, you know, people say time and time again, getting over the finishing line will always be the hardest point. You know, making it a competition is great and it's great for us. And there's definitely a competition there. There's definitely going to be a challenge. But it's 
silverware that's important for Rangers and it's a concerted consistent challenge that has to be done and I think uh, just trying to, to make sure that their fans have got that belief now but it can it can change as we've just saw very, Would, very would you quickly. say that then Jim in terms of what you're saying there would you even though Rangers mm-hmm. now get their noses mm-hmm. in front you still make Celtic favourites because of yeah. that mentality that they've got over the, like, yeah. the past yeah, eight still, years. I still believe yeah. Celtic are favourites because that um, of, of the last eight years and the last three seasons in particular have won every trophy. Mm-hmm. So they know what it is to win. The other flip side is they don't know what it like is to lose. So how do they handle that expectation and uh, challenge because they've not really had anybody breathing down their necks for the last few years. So can they handle that? But Celtic have proven time and time again you know, and they've responded to criticism whether it's been knocked out of Europe, whether they've had a poor, you know, a couple of results and domestically or whatever. They've, they've, they've proved time and time again they know how to win, and that's a very, very strong quality to have. If you've got any thoughts on domestic front, we would be delighted to hear them. So let's hear from you. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five on the phones, Twitter at Clyde SSB, and of course for Scotland, a big couple of games coming up. Not as big as as they could be, not as big as we would like, or certainly not big for the reasons. That we would like But always important nevertheless So let's hear from you 01419511025 What is the aim For these two games We're pretty much out of this campaign Well we are Is it about experimenting Or is it about getting a settled team And who should play 01419511025 uh, Any time left for experimentation Jim Or does it have to be about Getting a settled team Well to be honest with you I think he has to experiment Simply because you know, again, we look to you know at, at, at almost every every game. Whether it's Steve Clark, whether it's a, you know previous manager Alan McLeish, going something. There just seems to be so many players that seem to be calling off. You know, and, and listen, we're not we're not questioning the players' injuries and stuff like that. But uh, you know, I can't remember the last time my manager picked a, a squad, and then maybe only one player mm. pulled. There almost seems to be half a dozen almost. So you're having to chop, change, look around all the time. So I think. Has to be experimental, Gordon. I don't see how he can, you know, in his mind think, "Oh, this is this is the kind of way I'm wanting to play." By the time we get to the playoff games, because, you know, half the team at least will change, but, but, but probably mm. the next time uh, around. And so, yeah, give give opportunities to to players who maybe are on form, who you believe, you know, have got a future in international football. That's the thing for me. I'm not a big lover of just bringing people in for one game. I think you've got your potential. I would have liked to maybe have seen one or two of the under twenty ones. In the squad as opposed to maybe one or two other guys Just because I think, as I said to you They've got a future and a, a bit of potential going forward uh, Mark Weedy, who starts up front? That's always going to be the question Because we, we don't have great options when everyone's fit Never mind no. when we don't have Lee Griffiths And even Ollie McBurney pulls out So at the moment, three strikers If you call them that in the squad Johnny Russell, mm-hmm. Lauren Shankland, Oliver Burke mm-hmm. Do you pick one of those three? Do you bump a Ryan Christie further forward? Who starts up front? Uh, for me tomorrow night. Um, listen, it's like the graveyard shift tomorrow night. You know, if you get more than a four out of ten mm-hmm. in the ratings, you'll be doing well because you're on a hiding to nothing. I would take just purely for trying to get up the pitch and maybe hold it up and get your shape and get support, a bit of pace. If you're not into, into the corners, I would go with Oliver Buck all day long tomorrow night. Um, yeah, tomorrow night against Russia, Oliver Buck on Sunday. Against San Marino, you know, um, I would give a start to Lauren Shankland. Why not go and see what he's about? And I'm sure Steve Clark and his staff will have been assessing him close in the past few days. But um, tomorrow night, for pace and trying to get you out and get your breath back and get a shape back, Oliver Buck. 
Yeah, I'm I'm with Mark on that one. I think it's it's going to be a difficult match. I think uh, you know we, we won't have as much of the ball. We probably won't have as many opportunities as we, we should have against uh, San Marino. So you may be needing someone to stretch the game for you. Almost you know counter attack them. Any team that plays counter attack, they want pace on the counter attack. So for me, I would have um, Oliver Burke up front because he, has, he he can stretch the game. He can get you up the pitch. He can hold it up as well. Um, so you know why not and he's got a bit more experience that, not, not a lot but he's got a bit more experience you know so so yeah I, I would go with that and then and then again I, again, it's always difficult to look to the next game because I think it all depends on how we perform but I think as I mentioned at the very start of the programme we need a performance we need people to show that it matters playing mm. for Scotland and I think that's really important OK let's get the thoughts then of Alan and Irvin he's on the line hi Alan how you doing, Pano? All right? Not too bad at all, Alan. What do you think? Good. Uh, well, I think I just see you were talking about the striking options there. It's just thinking back, like, no options really are now. Obviously, Johnny Ross has done it in the past, right? Oliver Burt's not really been there. I think, and even though it's his first cap for Scotland, I think it's really got to got to be Shanklin. He's in form at the moment. He's not, he's not a, he's, quite, he's got a bit of experience about him. He's banging in goals every single week. So I think surely that should maybe give him a wee. I think I should give him a wee heads up to it, do you know what I mean? Because, um, as I say, he's consistently scoring every week. He's, he's one of the main guys in Scotland at the minute. His goal-scoring record speaks for itself. Now, I'm a Rangers fan. I'd have loved him to come to us when he did, but obviously he didn't. Uh, but I think what did you say there, just... Lawrence Shankland? Mm-hmm. For tomorrow yeah. night, Alan? No, listen, it's, it's a thankless task. Tomorrow, and I don't mean that any disrespect by saying I would play Oliver Burt but I think it would be very very unfair in Lorne Shanklin to throw him in tomorrow night as your lone striker um, against Russia if, if it was San Marino at Hamden tomorrow night or San Marino away yeah I would agree and I would certainly start him on Sunday at Hamden but tomorrow night is going to be unless we're all mistaken and calling it wrong it's going to be a thankless task and wouldn't be fair I don't think in Lorne Shanklin to hand him his debut in Russia Jim yeah, I mean, I think uh, you know, Alan's you know putting a point in that, that somebody's in form, and, and he is. I mean, until last weekend, obviously, when they needed a really poor game against Alawa, but um, you know, he's he, he's done terrific. Not just this season, the last maybe two two and a half seasons, he's been he's been in sensational form. So yeah, I mean, again, it's it's one of those ones where do you, do you give him the experience of playing against top, you know, uh, defenders? Given the experience, I know what it like is to play as a lone striker because you have to get used to that. As Mark said, it can be a thankless task. But guys like Kenny Miller probably half the probably more than half their career yeah. chasing lost causes, and that's the kind of guys I said I'm talking about. It meant something. It meant is, something, is that something not like that. is that not Shanklin's style? You've you've seen no. him a lot more than most. No, it's not his style. He's not. He's 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 not a player who can play isolated and chase into corners and. You know, put put defenders. You know, run down into def- uh, defenders and put them under pressure. He's a guy that thrives in the penalty box, mm-hmm. in and around the penalty box, anywhere within about twenty five yards. Sean uh, Lawrence Shanklin comes alive. He's decent enough holding the ball up, but in that final twenty five yards, he can hit it. He's got a great um, strike uh, on it for either foot uh, foot from twenty five yards. But in the box is where he comes to life. And how often will we get the ball into the Russian penalty box? That would be the test. Yeah. 
can I just ask the panel's opinion, right? Obviously, with the with uh, London Dykes now, um, we can obviously play for Scotland or Australia. I think we should be throwing the, the red carpet out of the boy and as well, right? And the reason I think that, and it's not just obviously if he's a, he played, when he played against Rangers, he gets a lot of problems. He's been giving teams problems all season in the Premier League, do you know what I mean? He's, he's a big, powerful boy, he can run in behind as well. Do you think that we should maybe be trying to throw the red carpet at him to try and get him away from Australia? It's not for me uh, I have to be honest with you I think he's he's got a lot of potential But Livingston play a certain way Scotland don't play that way I don't think international football play that way I think he's got a bit to go He, he scored a terrific goal at the weekend I was at the game He was immense He gave the two Celtic defenders as tough a test I've seen them having in a long time But I think that you've got to do it a little bit longer um, You know, for a bit more consistency he is tall, athletic, he holds the ball up, he's aggressive, but I think you have to be a little bit more cleverer. I think there's you know a little bit more um, creative in terms of your thinking, um, playing against top players. I wouldn't rule him out in the future, mm-hmm. absolutely not, but I think he's got to have another six months for me, uh, you know, a good season ahead of him for Livingston, uh, and, then, and then see what happens after that. I mean, Declan Gallagher, for instance, had what, three fantastic seasons almost back-to-back with Livingston, Never get a sniff Goes to the Motherwell Gets called into the squad Albeit through Through other injuries mm. And I think You know Sometimes we, we, we don't Look at maybe the, the smaller clubs Enough But for me Lyndon Dykes Has got to do A little bit better For a, a, a longer period in, Before we start to, to, to rush in and say Oh don't go to Australia in, in terms of where we're at At the moment though Let's let's go all hypothetical on you If he was in that squad Tonight mm-hmm. Would he be Would he be a million miles behind Burke or Shankland As an option to play tomorrow Yeah for me he would Yeah, be. yeah. Still a good bit behind him For me at the moment You know I, I think as I said He's a handful And he enjoyed He really enjoyed it You could see he was up for it And he, and he did really well against Rangers As Alan said I mean he gave Hollander uh, A bit of a A bit of a hard time as well a, f- a few weeks ago But You know Then there's another couple of games They've had in between the Rangers and Celtic game And he hasn't performed quite as well So these are the type of things he's got to learn That's the reason why I think there's still a, f- a fair bit to go mm-hmm. He's got potential But I think I think we're, we're jumping the gun a little bit If we just we just keep th- throw, throw him in at the moment Alan, you certainly got them talking Thank you very much Alan and Irvin Stevie Clark says he's still getting used to not having that day-to-day involvement of club management He's uh, spent a lot of time dwelling on the last two defeats He also thinks there shouldn't be any problems with motivation for the squad Despite the position in the group It was a long two weeks after the after the last double header Because obviously all those all the other people involved in it go back to their clubs The players go back to their clubs The other coaches go back to their clubs And I'm sitting for two weeks stewing on on two defeats that on paper don't look very good. So that's something that I've got to learn to deal with a little bit better. But the best way to deal with that is to make sure that we've got wins to, to fall back on rather than defeats. If you try and hide away from that or shy away from it, then you're not being true to yourself. I understand that all the Scottish football supporters, all the, the Tartan army, unless we take a thousand people to Russia. So we've got an obligation to those supporters that have shelled out a lot of money to go to Russia, to watch it, the national team play, to make sure that we give 100% and try and get a result to send them home happy. So I understand the expectation, I understand the, the realities of the job. There'll be a lot of people that want to put short-term pressure on you, but you have to look at this job and hope that you get, you get the longevity and the, the long period of time to, to try and make a difference. That last point is an interesting one, Mark Guidi. Stevie Clark has had four games in charge of Scotland. Four. Now, <laughs> that's a, a ridiculously small sample on which to, to base a manager, but then at the same time, people would say, 
No it's not Because this is football And it's 2019 And international football's got that added um, Maybe a added bit of pressure Because it's all pent up From one international right. break to the next But four games Four games in He is still learning unfortunately Whether we like it or not uh, he, he is And another thing you've got to remember Gordon He went in behind the eight ball He went in and took over a team that had lost a game that you're probably not expecting to lose That you'd have an extra three points on the board And had we beaten Kazakhstan, Alec McLeish probably wouldn't have lost his job So it all kind of adds up So for me when he took the job Yes, you've got to make the right noises when you're appointed Scotland manager But for me, when he took over what he inherited It was never realistic to think we were going to finish in second place Never realistic for me And I said that in the programme a few times It was all about preparation and trying to get it as right as possible For March for the playoffs And that's the way... It's going to turn out to be So he's got he's, he's had game four It's game five tomorrow night The next four games Are vital Because If he gets Scotland through the playoffs In March He becomes a national hero And the squad do as well And it'll be brilliant If he doesn't I'm not saying He should lose his job And he will lose his job But all of a sudden There will be serious question marks off hmm. Over him If he can't get us through March But he will get to start The next campaign And rightly so But I think he will get us through the playoffs I, I believe in Steve Clark. I think he'll do well I don't think that Scotland will win tomorrow night I don't even think they'll get a draw But I think he'll he'll be putting things in place Little things from every game That'll get towards the big picture in March I think From himself He's a very experienced manager But he By his own admission He's saying that It's the first time he has Had this situation Deal with losing a game And then having You know he said Himself He used the phrase Stewing for the next couple mm-hmm. of weeks and that's a very unusual situation for a manager because normally, if you're a full-time manager, he's been at Kilmarnock or any other clubs he's been at Aston Villa, so on, you get in on a Monday and you start again, you've got a game possibly in the midweek, certainly by the by the end of the week. So you can you can look at these things, you can work on them, you can analyse them, you can speak to the players, you, you've got all your video analysis and all these sort of things and you can, you can plan. Whereas, it's very difficult. Stevie Clark can make all the preparation, the best preparation you've ever had. And then... Two days before the game, all of a sudden he's got half a dozen call-offs. You know, so he's got a team in his head, he's got a shape in his head, he's got a selection in his head, he's got the way he wants to play, and then bang, goes right out the window. And then you lose a game, then he's got to... under. So he's learning this job, and I think the next four games is possibly more about Stevie Clark learning how to prepare for the playoffs rather than actually the players, because as, as I mentioned, I'd be amazed... If half of these players will still be in the squad Come the playoff games in March One, uh, Two votes in the studio for Oliver Burke to lead the line One vote for Lauren Shankland on the phone lines What do you think? 01419511025 Ken and Canvas Lang's waiting in the wings And we're going to hear some interesting comments From Robert Snodgrass next Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Road Accident Solicitors The compensation you deserve When you've been sidelined Talk to Thompson's.com Jim Duffy and Mark Guidi are here On the eve of Scotland's next Euro qualifier Over there in Russia McGregor um, That's the only bit of the name I can read out Because this is a family mm-hmm. show uh, It says Why not start Shanklin v Russia? Why wait for San Marino? What would we learn? That he can score against some plumbers Need to find bigger players That can play against better teams On the international stage If they can't do a job They shouldn't be in the Squad Chris Dot can't qualify, so why not give youngsters and fringe players give them some game time and confidence? And uh, Stuart says Stevie Clark will be put in his place. Pun intended, he says. Mm. Oh, put in put his in. place. Okay, get yeah, it. yeah. Put in. Sorry, he didn't have to explain it. Okay. To his I didn't. I just uh, knew. T- I, t- I t- just thought I'd leave it hanging. Mark was a bit slow in the uptake. Sure, I didn't think it was that bad. If I'm being honest. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. I think he's going to the game. Is he not? I thought some should have said that this morning. 
Who's the guy, Stuart? <laughs> Vladimir It's his birthday In the scene like that Is he? Yeah, he's, he's yeah. So he obviously must have been A bad boy If they're going to take him To the game Exactly put him through that Right Ken and Canvas Lang What have you got for us? How you doing Gordon? How you doing, uh, how you doing guys? Thank and you. Jim it's normally Somebody like Gordon DL He has to explain uh, Things like Aye <laughs> exactly Well he may, he may, he's, that, he's that used to Gordon Being here That's what it is ah, I know I know He loves talking about Planes and stuff Anyway <laughs> Uh, he's a front it was the Scotland team uh, Gordon you asked earlier what should we expect in these two games mm-hmm. a bit of pride back and for some fans be it armchair ones like me or the travelling support but to see that the team is making forward steps that it is improving that's what I at least would like to see from these two games um, I don't watch games thinking I've no chance against the Russians I've always watched games thinking we can get something from the games even when Betty was in charge i always watched the games with a positive attitude hoping they would get something we've beaten big guys before we've beaten the French before home and away there's no reason we can't do it against the Russians tonight you know the underdogs can win it's happened all over the place I do agree about Ollie Burke to start not Shankland Maybe bring him on the last half hour. Okay. Uh, I mean, I would have in the midfield uh, Christy Jack, McGinn, and McGregor with Forrest up front with Burke. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would have a, a back three, Andy Robertson, definitely. I don't know much about the others, although I would have Charlie grew on playing as a kind of sweeper and he can fall back to the defence. He is great at set pieces, Charlie. His experience tonight. Will probably be invaluable. I don't know what you guys think about that. Uh, on the first point, you, I absolutely no problem with that type of optimism or hope. Maybe we should call it Mark because that it's almost a sign of how bad Scotland have become that we're we're unwilling to even entertain the idea that there could be a shock. I mean, a couple of days on, we we'll just watched Livingston beat Celtic two 0 I mean, shocks happen. Underdogs win football matches, but we we're in such a place at the moment that no one's really given it much much consideration. No, I, um, no, I'm not expecting a shock to happen um, tomorrow night, uh, Gordon. I can't see it. You know, I just don't think we're basically. I don't think we're good enough to to go to Moscow and get a win. I, mean, I was at Hamden last month when uh, Russia beat Scotland. I have to say the opening 15, 20 minutes <laughs> as good as I can remember uh, from Scotland. You know, talking about taking the game by the scruff of the neck, created opportunities, got the goal to deserve, and then all of a sudden it was like, all right, we're in the lead. What do, what do we do now? And then they allowed Russia to come into the game, which was always going to happen anyway because of the quality of play that they have. And in the end, had it not been for two or three fantastic stops from from David Marshall, I mean, there's some really poor, poor defending, slack five, six-yard passes that Scotland were giving the ball away inside their own final third. So um, it could have been a hiding. So therefore, um, for me, if they get something tomorrow night, great, I'm not expecting it. That said, I'm not expecting them to lose three or four nothing either. And I wouldn't deem that acceptable if they do. But it's about getting back to Hamden and Sunday as unscathed as possible and try to build a bit of momentum from Sunday onwards or certainly from tomorrow night onwards but particularly at Hamden by winning the game on Sunday Yeah, I, I said at the start um, I say that you know, I think we need to get pride in the performance we need to get a fighting performance in terms of effort and energy and but more importantly, organisation um, Stevie had said that uh, he was more disappointed with the three goals he lost against the Belgium in the first half because they were all avoidable and he was right and I think it's the type of goals we're losing. Mm-hmm. You, you'll always lose a... You can lose a, a goal to a terrific side, like, like Belgium in terms of the slick movement, De Bruyne and, and guys like that, creating and opening you up. 
But the type of goals you we lost against Russia, as Mark said, and again against um, you know Belgium, there was a lot of really just poor goals. So I think the first thing we have to do is eliminate that side, and that's something that Stevie Clark was very good at in his time at Commander. The organisational side, players knowing their jobs, but not only knowing their jobs, doing their jobs, understanding what their jobs entailed. So doing the basics well, um, as I said, the organisational side well. Making it difficult for opponents And I think that's the first thing we have to try and do Is make it difficult I think in the last couple of games We haven't done that enough So let's go to Russia Have a disciplined, organised performance As I said, we're a bit of pride And then see Yeah, we might need a bit of luck I can't remember the last time Scotland really had a good bit of luck You know what I mean? So the, that one of those games Is it games talking about away to France With James McFadden's wonder goal We probably rode with a wee bit that night But you know, you can get a player sent off. I mean, you, you know, Ollie Buck could run through in the first 10 minutes over the top and the guy might pull him back or bring him down, he's off off the pitch and that gives you a, a chance. So there are things that can impact the games. But the most important thing for us is is that how we approach the mm. game. And and I think that there is always a chance, I'm, 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 I'm there as well, with a bit of optimism. And I don't think we should be going there too inferior, but it's difficult when you don't have, is it, I keep going back to it, but the players that you would... Like to have in your team To give yourself The best possible chance uh, Ken what about the bigger picture We're moving towards these Playoffs for the Nations League um, Is it about trying to Get as much consistency And continuity as you can Before then To, to get into that in good shape Or you want to see a bit of Experimentation I don't think I mean experimenting Could be could backfire on us with, with the results And make us look Worse than we are, than we, are we look already so I think we've got to go for the consistency. We can't do the experimenting. And um, I mean, I take the experimenting. You thought about something like uh, putting Shankland on. As I said, give him the last half hour. Uh, maybe the same with San Marino. But surely there's going to be some friendlies lined up before the uh, the Nation League playoff. And I believe it's two ties against two different teams, not just the one we've got. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah that's right. You know, so we know who the first is going to be. I think it's Belarus. It's not settled yet I mean it's yeah, There's a couple of um, p- Potential yeah. uh, Opponents It's not It's not set in stone yet um, Interesting though That Ken and, and you guys All want to see A sort of A bit of a fighting performance mm-hmm. Thing that you know Scotland used to be, be Be famous for Robert Snodgrass Along similar lines Speaking today He wants Scotland players To try and use The heart of last month's Defeat to Russia To try and you know Spur them on tomorrow if you remember back, as, as Mark Weedy says, actually started really well. John McGinn put Scotland in front. Uh, it then turned into a really miserable defeat. All but ended the campaign. Snodgrass, though, believes there is still work to be done. These games sort of fall into a, a, a category where we've just we just lost to Russia, so it should be a burning feeling inside that we're going to go over there and, and get three points. Um, and then the San Marino game at home, um, we should be firmly believing that we can go win that game as well. So um, that there is no, I don't think it's... A, there's, there's no, it's not at stake. It's just going and having the belief um, to kick on and, and get the results that we want. Going to obviously the last two games and then uh, hopefully the playoffs. So what we need to do against Russia is have the belief, not just for 15, 20 minutes for the full game, because um, we got the goal and then you know we kind of reverted to sitting back and try to hold on to the lead, which you know top teams they keep on going. Um, they want to they want to punish you, but they want to almost embarrass you. That's what the top teams do. That's what that's why they're top teams. So. We need to keep 
keep plugging away and changing the mindset when we come up for Scotland. It's not just a, uh, a case of you know if we get a result, it's you know when we get the result and how are we going to how are we going to win the game, what way are we going to win it, and have structures and philosophy. And that's what we're trying to work on because we've got some players that are playing at a really good level. And the manager, as I say, is still trying to find that 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 team where he you know, says that's the team that's going to go and get me a result. So listen, these two games will be good for the manager. He, he, he choose who he wants to choose, and you know the boys are relishing it and they're ready if they're obviously they're called upon. He says we've got players playing at a really good level. He would be one of them. Holds his own in, in a West Ham team. You can run through that squad. We know about the guys up here, the guys down the road. I mean, it's obvious. You don't need me to tell you what Andy Robertson doing at yeah. club level. Ryan Fraser, Kenny McLean doing fairly well in the English Premier League. Um, and so on Scott McTominay Granted he's yep. Suspended for this one um, At the back though Jim Is the similar situation To in the striking department If we assume that Charlie Mulgrew plays Because A There's not really Anyone else And B He's experienced mm-hmm. Alongside Charlie Mulgrew Is going to have to be A debutant From Motherwell Kilmarnock Or Aberdeen mm-hmm. In Declan Gallagher Stuart mm-hmm. Finlay Or Mikey Devlin mm-hmm. Which one's best equipped? Well I'd be going for Declan Gallagher At this moment in time Because I think you know the, the the other two. I think it might it make you Devon. I mean Aberdeen are struggling just now. There's no doubt about it. He can't be playing with a lot of confidence um, when he has been pitched in. He's you know that Aberdeen have, have, have been you know not been their normal resolute side. Stuart Finlay's done well. He's again he's left sided. So I, I would go with, with Gallagher, with McGrew, probably Donald and Robertson is, is the back. We we make Tommy missing. Again, McGregor, Christy McGinn, because McGinn's been exceptional even for Aston mm-hmm. Villa. He's still in the Premier League. He's just taken to it like duck to water. And then I would go with it with Forrest and Fraser as the white guys with Pace and, and, and McBurney up front with Pace. Burke. Uh, sorry, Burke. Yep. Um, Burke uh, with Fraser. So so that that would be um, how I would look at it in terms of the best options available. But as you say, no matter who he puts inside Mulgrew, there's going to be an element of how, how do they do. But I, I would... I would at this moment in time mm-hmm. uh, go go with Gallagher because I think Motherwell are playing very well. You know he's he's you know he's had a terrific season so far, and I think um, you know Finley's not far behind. But I would I would just just give him the nod at the moment. Sometimes, Mark, you look at the 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 order in which they were called up. I don't know if that if that matters. Yeah, you know, Declan yeah. Gallagher's in as a replacement, if you like. Uh-huh. Um, I think Mikey Devlin was he in the initial squad. Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to keep up. And Finley was then as well. called in as well. So maybe that yeah. doesn't matter this time. It's, it's how you show up. And one thing that that Stuart Finley's got is he's got an understanding with the manager, and and mm-hmm. there's a trust yeah. there. But, but like I say, as well. He is left sided as well And if Charlie Mulgrew is your number one mm-hmm. Centre half Who is an, a, a natural partner and I, and I tend to agree With Jim I was at the Motherwell game as well Gallica Another good game um, But it, it depends who shows up mm-hmm. In training, training. Week, yeah. It's also as well What you need to do For, for every game You look at the strengths Of the opposition You think well, who's, who's listen, best place Russia ha- Russia's target man forward. Is incredible yeah. He was so effective he's, he's last good. time So you've got that as well Who's best place to go And you know So, so do, do you put Finley on him and let Charlie drop whatever. I don't know. So yeah, get, you, you that type account. of player because yeah. he played that way with Livingston. They used to play with the back three. Yeah. We, we let go and Halcott. They were aggressive. You know they were up against people. They loved that physicality and that physical challenge. That's another part of the reason why I think he might be more suited to that. But how much does the left right balance matter to you in a centre back pair in gym? I know some people really really sort of no. buy into you not not as, as not first. as hugely. Nah, I mean again, as I said, Scotland's done it many times over the last few years because I've actually had a lot of left sided players. Yeah. I mean, we've had at right back and Robertson. I think we had uh, Christoph Berra and Mulgrew. Uh, I think there was uh, a game McKenna, with the full back four. Mulgrew, were, were I mean, a lot of left footed players in there. So no, nah, I think years ago people looked at it. 
I was at the, the Livingston game on Saturday, both centre halves, Ricky Lamy and I think it was Guthrie, were both left footed, you know. It didn't look uh, you know disjointed at all. So I, I listen, I don't but I just think sometimes, you know, manager, if you've got the option and there's not any real difference in levels, you look at the balance a right. little bit more. That's that's maybe it. But you know, listen, I, I don't I don't read too much into that. I just think from set pieces and various things mm-hmm. like that, I think we've lost a few soft goals. So I think having someone who's more aggressive and dominant can go and attack the ball, go and compete with the opposition. And I, th- and I think the other ones, the guys you've mentioned, I think Gallagher's the better at that. Stevie and Bailson has a suggestion and we'll get it after the travel with Amber. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Getting you full compensation is their goal. Talk to Thompson's.com. Mark Greedy's here. Jim Duffy is alongside him and plenty of time for you to get your calls in. 01419511025. Thoughts coming in on Twitter as well. Gordon Wilson says Why the reluctance to call up Lyndon Dykes? There's no harm in doing it at all Hardly a wealth of strikers to choose from I did notice in the papers this morning Australia are likely to make their move Listening to him at the weekend Jim, it was one of those um, Yeah, I wouldn't mind playing for Scotland If Australia don't call me up first And (laughs) He was was trying to be polite But honest at the same time I I liked his honesty You know, the fact is Because most times people think Oh, you'll just pick Scotland Because you're Scottish And we think but boy, he's Australian, and he said he's was it was his parents, his grandparents, were, uh, were, both parents, I think. Uh, yeah, were Scottish. But he he feels he's Australian. But listen, you know, I think that uh, if he's good enough, then of course uh, it's up to Stevie Clark and uh, the national side to decide that. But um, you know, for me, as I said, I think the player kind of posted his colours to the mast, and uh, you know, Australia seemed to be his number one choice. He said colours, thinking of his his hair colour. Mark mm-hmm. Weedy, you were yeah. at for Park on Saturday, and for the first time you saw in the flesh. Yes. Uh, Gordon DL since he'd stopped dying it, but you missed there's a there's a development. Well, you, you missed he's it. Not died. No, he's not died it. Um but having watched Lyndon Dykes mm-hmm. on Sunday, uh-huh. I could see him eyeing it up and he was you know, his eyes lit up when <laughs> Lyndon Dykes' hair came on the screen. He figured that his was a bit too long, so he cut it himself. Dad's oh, cut his own cut hair. His own hair. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I hope he's not doing it because I thought <laughs> I thought he looked really, really uh, yeah, good. Sad. Yeah, do you know what? He just yeah, he, he looked mature <laughs> because let's be honest, his hair. I can't believe we're discussing this. His hair dye was a shocker. I mean, did as I said, we used to talk behind his back about um, how bad it was. The old mahogany uh, look with the bits of green. <laughs> so he's going back to his natural colour. I don't know if you've seen him. I've seen him out the mother game one bald, but yeah, he's, um, game he's looking well. I he's hope looking you've well remembered that Wednesday night is bath night, and that's when he listens into the show. So if you think you've got away with that comment without him listening, you're mistaken. Anyway, Stevie and Bayliston, what's on your mind? Uh, just obviously about the game tomorrow, lads. I mean, I think I heard obviously what a lot of people have been saying, but I would start with Shankland up there. So I mean, and then you've got like Forrest, Christie, McGregor, Fraser, McGinn. You can put all in behind them. So you can, I mean, the Russians aren't going to know too much about them, Jim. So I do understand what you're saying, but I think the last couple of games, everybody's been on the show saying, let's prepare for the, the playoffs, let's get a team ready for the playoffs, let's try something new for the playoffs. I, I, I think that would be the best way, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Obviously, Mark's been a wee bit dismissive saying, I don't think we'll get anything tomorrow. You can't really get me that attitude, mate, you know what I mean? But. Ideally, I know it's going to be a tough game. I know it was tough at Hamden, and no, they stepped up a level, and we we made mistakes. So we did. You know what I mean? No, there were all preventable goals, but again, sometimes a decision making lets us down. But I just feel Shankland up there. The more I mean, no, Jim's quite right. Get it in the box. 
there's no, and if he's got the service, he might could steal it. Mm. You, know, you never know. You know what I mean? So it's pardon the pun, but football's a funny old game, lads. Yeah, um, I mean, you two have made it clear that, that you wouldn't, right? I, I, I get that. So don't want to go over old ground too much, but just to mm. just to try and, and look at different sides of the argument, mm. is is he the best chance taker in in the squad? Would you say? Yeah, 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 I think he's probably the best natural finisher. If you take yeah. Lee Griffiths out with the equation, which he is, obviously, at this moment in time, I think he's probably the best natural finisher mm. other than Lee Griffiths. Yeah. Scottish. Scottish. And, and, and I get the point, anyway. Because you're, you're saying Burnley's we don't done, think... Done well. He's a decent finisher, I have to be I think Burnley's... A, but he's not available, so he's yeah, the best that we've got finisher at the available. But... <laughs> I know what you're saying. We won't, you don't think we'll make many chances. I don't so, think so, we'll make many I, chances. I, I do get that. And it is about the overall... <laughs> I guess the overall um, management of the game and, and how you go about it. Well, I think if you if you get back, I think it was was it the Kazakhstan game where Graham Shinney played left back, yeah, mm-hmm. and he got vilified for mm-hmm. you know positioning and all these kind of things, and he's uh, he's not been seen since even even in domestic football, mm-hmm. you know, with Darby and all. Yeah, I mean, he played at the weekend, I think, yeah. but before yeah. that certainly. And, and I think it's one of those situations where I think when you you know if you if you don't hit the ground running, if you don't get the opportunities. Sometimes people can just write you off straight away, which yeah. is maybe a bit unfair. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, I would hate to see Lawrence get an opportunity and then maybe just get starved, as, as I said, or playing it, balls in the areas. It just, it just can't, he can't play off. And then people just say, "Ah, he's no good. Get, get him out the squad." And then the next squad comes up, and he's nowhere to be seen. So I think you've got to give him a fighting chance, and the best fighting chance he'll have of impressing will be against San Marino. It could demoralise him tomorrow night. It could, and, and Stevie, you're saying, "Oh." Don't be dismissive But I'm being honest It's an honest opinion The easy thing to be Oh Scotland will be great We'll do this We'll do that Well the evidence isn't there To back it up Stevie That's why I'm saying it And I'm saying don't play I'm saying don't play Lorne Shankland For the boys own good In terms of how I think The game will go Tomorrow night And I'm saying play Oliver But not because I don't want to see Oliver um, um, Lorne's play But because I believe that How I think the game will go Oliver Butt will present us with our best chance of maybe getting up the pitch and doing something because of his pace. So I've backed up what I've said and why I've said it. But I'm not I'm not going to say I'm not going to I'm not going to say, ah, I think we're going there and one or I think we're going at a point when I can't justify that thinking. So that's why I've said it. But that's why I say to play like Forrest, Christie, McGregor, McGinn. I mean they'll get us up the park. So they will but you can't turn around to be seen. No, no, but well, obviously there you go. They're, they're dismissive and negative again. No, no, I'm just being honest. I'm being no, honest. Were you at the Russia game at Hamden, Stevie, last month? I, I, I wish me there, my friend. No, well, I, I was there and I watched it. So I watched I, Russia pretty much after the first 15 minutes destroy us. And had it not been for David Marshall, it would have been 4 or 5 1. I, I, said, I said that they stepped up a level, Mark. I did say that. You know what I mean? So what I'm trying to say is it's obviously it's away from home. And we keep saying about trying different things to get us for the players. We could get like you no know, a pretty decent side, not you know, in the players, you know, to try and get through. So I think if we do a like a, a test in the new, let me know to try and get right who is our best striker. Obviously you've mentioned Griffiths, McBurney and things like that, I mean, but let's try and have what like, a plan B or a plan C. I mean that we know we've got one or on the bench that we can throw them on. I we might need to change the system. But I mean, I'm not saying one up top where Lauren Shankland is going to suit him. Jim said that earlier on. What I'm saying is, is play, play his strengths. We've done it for years. So we have, I mean, anybody that was banging in goals, Nicholas, what I mean, all the McAvaney, McCoys, what I mean, all, we always changed it. So we had Chris Martin, Jordan Rhodes, what I mean? So it's not that now all of a sudden we mm. go, we've, got, we've got three or four games 
And even after the Belgium game, I mean, Arnold obviously watching it, so no, you're going right. Well, it's men against boys, but at least we were trying. I mean, at least go and try tomorrow. No, no, saying we're going to beat them, Mark. I'm just saying, at least go and have a go. I mean? yep, don't mind that at all Stevie meeting. Don't mind that at all That was Stevie and Bailson Some decent suggestions Let's squeeze in Derek and Sandy Hills Before the news Hi Derek Yeah good evening Gordon and panel uh, Is this the level Scotland's coming down to Because let's be honest Lauren Shanklin Is a dumpling Good enough For that dumpling league he's playing in He's not good enough For Scotland Is this the level Scotland has come down to And uh, does it go back to Relegating a Rangers football club Down the lower divisions because no true Rangers fan would even open their curtains to watch this show of nonsense. It's quite, it's, quite, it's quite the link. I mean, we've not qualified for a tournament since 1998. Mm. So that was what, how many years in between that and Rangers going down to the bottom tier? Somebody do the arithmetic uh, for me. Till, till 20, so, 20. No, uh, um, <laughs> 12, 14. Yeah, yeah. 14 years. So I'm not really sure what happened in those 14 years, Derek. I think you're. Um, you're putting two and two together and coming up with goodness knows what. I think um, it's a disgraceful thing to say he's a dump. Yeah, I, I, think, I think, to be honest with you, I mean, you know, he, he scored an unbelievable amount of goals. He helped uh, United to get into the playoffs. He's continued, to, you know, he got actually got promoted and then in the playoffs. And then he's, he's top goal scorer at this moment in time, um, you know, for Dundee United in the Championship. You know, they're a big club, whether whether anybody likes it or not, they are a big club. And he, all he can do is stick the ball in the back of it. That's what he does. Um, you know, we've had guys in the past, including one very prominent uh, Rangers striker in terms of Chris Boyd, who was an exceptional, probably the best natural finish we've had in the last 13 years in Scotland, you know. But when he went in for, for Scotland, again, playing that lone striker role, he, he, he rarely played even guys like Walter Smith. I'm didn't he suit him? Didn't, didn't, didn't suit, suit him, yeah. So, you know, you have to have the balance right, you have to have the structure right to suit the players. People talk about Andy Robertson just now. I mean, probably one of the best two or three left backs in the world. But he's getting criticism for playing for Scotland. Mm-hmm. Now, you don't have Van Dyke behind him and you don't have Manny in front of him. You know, or, you know, Firmino or these kind of guys. We understand that. But he's still... You know, put, put Andy Robertson up for sale tomorrow. Every club in the world would have him. Every De- club. Derek, why, why, why did you use the word? Don't, why did you say I, I don't rate him? Why, why would you use that word and, and insult a, a Scotland squad player like that? You're really letting yourself down by using language like that. Uh, how many attempts has he had in the SPL? That doesn't matter. He's not. A, he's not a dumpling. Yes, he's not a dumpling. He's not a dumpling. You've not answered my question. Do you not think you're letting yourself yeah. down to come onto a radio station and call a Scotland player a dumpling? I think you've really let yourself down. I'm telling you, he's a dumpling. If he went up to the SPL in the top six, any team he would not score goals. Well, we just did Alan. We just did a fan on earlier on saying he, they wished he would have signed for Rangers. He was a Rangers fan. Well anyway We're going to have to leave it there Because by my clock We're already a minute and a half Late for this Thank you to Derek and Sandy Hills Beat the pundit With the Scottish Sun For the best football news And opinion online Thescottishsun.co.uk Slash football Two dumplings in here For Beat the Pundit All you have to do Is get more questions right Than Mark Guidi or Jim Duffy And you win yourself A signed ball Even better than that You don't need to get any right Because just for getting through On Beat the Pundit tonight We're giving you a pair of tickets For Saturday's Rangers Against Liverpool Legends match At Ibrook Stephen Gerrard's pulling on the boots He'll certainly be pulling on The red jersey Will he be pulling on The blue one as well uh, You would suspect so The likes of Jamie Carragher involved Richard Goff Various other famous faces And if you want to be there You can win tickets By dialing 0141 951 1025 The lines close at 7 
Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors, the league leader for compensation. Talk to Thompson's.com. Mark Guidi and Jim Duffy here with me, Gordon Duncan, and tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. We've been talking all things Scotland taking on Russia tomorrow. Who's going to play up front? Who's going to play at the back? Do we have any hope? What can we aim to achieve over the next couple of games? Those are just some of the questions we've been answering and will continue to do so if you like. But let's turn our attentions to club football as well. Celtic fans, you've been told by your club to stop the use of pyrotechnics. What do you make of that? 01419511025. We'll do this first. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the Scottish slash football. Beat the pundit time Mark Guidi and Jim Duffy Both ready Both standing by And one of them is Taking on Jamie From Bishop Briggs How are you tonight Jamie? I'm not bad How are you? Yeah good thanks Jamie uh, You're already a winner of course Are so you looking forward To this Rangers Liverpool Legends match At Ibrox on Saturday? Um, yeah it's something To look forward to For the weekend Absolutely Just you keep an eye On Alex Ray for us Jamie Make sure he doesn't Do anything <laughs> untoward I've got horrible visions Of him Two foot and Stephen Gerrard uh, <laughs> Alex Ray Two foot and Stephen Gerrard If not he can get chance. close enough think not he, nah, he won't get close enough You're I, right Alec would just be watching him Zinging the ball uh, over the place That's uh, Just admiring him He'll be too busy <laughs> Trying to get an autograph <laughs> uh, Well anyway Jamie you're going along well, That's the important thing You can cap it off You could even take your sign ball with you uh, It would look a bit weird But you never know All you have to do to get that is beat Mark Guidi or Jim Duffy at beat the pundit if it's heads it is Mark Guidi and if it's tails it's Jim Duffy and it's heads Mark against Jamie from Bishop Briggs so uh, I'm going to give Mark some Clyde 2 to listen to and that way he can't hear us Jamie you've got 30 seconds head to head the secret is you can pass and move on so if you're unsure just pass and move on to the next one are you ready? No bother perfect Good man your time starts now Where did Livingston get Lyndon Dykes from? Pass. Which Rangers player is currently on loan with Fleetwood Town? Uh, that would be Rosser. What's, what's the name of the stadium Scotland will play in in Russia tomorrow? Pass. Which striker joined Celtic from Schalke in 2013? Uh, pass. Which country did Stephen Pearson play with uh, play in after leaving Motherwell in 2016? What country, sorry? Yep. Uh, Northern Ireland. How many decades did Willie Malley manage Celtic? Uh, one. Jeez. Uh, Let's bring Mark Guidi back uh, Mark, can you hear us? Yes, Scotty, Same set it. of questions okay. to you Are you ready? Yep Let's get your time ready And it starts now Where did Livingston get Lyndon Dykes from? Queen of the South Which Rangers player is currently on loan with Fleetwood Town? Uh, Jason Holt What is the name of the stadium Scotland will play in in Russia tomorrow? The Lushki Stadium Which striker joined Celtic from Schalke in 2013? Timo Pukki Which country did Stephen Pearson play in after leaving Mullerwell in 2016? India over how many decades did Willie Maley manage Celtic? Three Who did Aberdeen beat in the 1983 Cup Winners' Cup final? Real Madrid And which Scottish club plays at Gallabank? Uh, Annan Jamie, fair rattled through them, didn't he? Aye, mate, I get the tickets, that's all it matters <laughs> <laughs> I like that, just come on, get the tickets Give a token couple of guesses that beat the pundit and you're happy Aye, Anyway, exactly. let's find out the Extent of the damage Livingston got Lyndon Dykes From Queen of the South 1-0 Mark Guidi uh, The Rangers player on loan With Fleetwood Is Jordan Rossiter So Jamie oh, equalises Jason Holtz at St Johnson Now remember mm-hmm. uh, The name of the stadium Scotland will face Russia in Is the Luzhniki Stadium Mark Guidi got that Goes back in front 2-1 Timo Puki Joined Celtic from Schalke 3-1 Stephen Pearson left Motherwell For India 
4-1 How many decades did Willie Mealy manage Celtic? It was five oh. There we go uh, Who did Aberdeen beat in the 83 Cup Winners Cup Final? Real Madrid Mark Weedy get that one right uh, And you can see where this is going Jamie and an Athletic Play at Gallabank Which means it was six for Mark Weedy And one for you But like you say, you don't care You've got the tickets You're off to the game on Saturday Perfect, cheers for that, alright Enjoy the game, game. Enjoy it uh, That was Jamie We're going to give a pair of tickets away uh, On tomorrow night and Friday night's Beat the Pundit No, not on Friday Just on Thursday Producer Andy's on the ball Before I get myself in trouble <laughs> Not on Friday Just on Thursday There we go So your last chance to win those tickets Tomorrow night That's a, a guarantee, isn't it? I think Monday morning how many Rangers fans' social media accounts will have their profile picture changed to Stephen Gerrard wearing the Rangers strip <laughs> at Ibrooks? Because yeah. it's bound to happen at some point, isn't it? And they've been a bit cryptic on social media with leaving the number eight blank on the team line. And I don't know. Is it is it half feet? You thought no, maybe no. I think it's all. It seems to be shrouded in secrecy. He's, he's definitely yeah. playing for Liverpool, will, but there's but he'll just play a, for Rangers. Sure, got to. Yeah, he will absolutely pull the Rangers jersey on and play for Rangers so at some point. Liverpool, was it LA Galaxy and then Rangers? Will that be his three clubs? Oh, I don't know. That. The th- thirty minutes in a charity match. <laughs> I don't know if that counts. Anyway, oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Celtic fans, um, keen to get your thoughts on this story. I'm, sh- I'm sure we will get back to Scotland um, a bit later on, but. What about this statement that Celtic have issued today? Um, basically warning supporters to, to stop the use of, of pyrotechnics, be it flares or, or other forms of, of pyrotechnics. There was a charge from UEFA in the, the, the last couple of days. Celtic issued a statement. I'm not going to read it all. I think it's a bit long. I'll try and skim over and pick some of the important parts. It starts off following the latest UEFA charge against the club for use of fireworks at Celtic Park. It is with real disappointment and frustration that the club needs to appeal again for this behaviour to stop. UEFA's stance on the issue of pyrotechnics is unequivocal and very well known. The club has sanctioned numerous occasions, yet very disappointingly, this behaviour by a small minority persists. It goes on to talk about safety concerns. Celtic are going to introduce further measures to stop it. Um, and, And a warning that Hugely detrimental consequences For the club And the supporters uh, Could lie ahead Mark Guidi We've been here before Haven't we? Yeah It's a, it's a minority Yes But It's consistent The minority are being consistent And I'm not totted up Gordon But Celtic must be What Over £300,000 in fines Yeah for the past Four, five since, years Since 2007 Which is oh, well, 12 decade, years yeah. You're looking at I think it was about 17 or 18 charges Something like that Yeah which Listen that's not acceptable And yep you do have sympathy for the club What can they do? I don't know but they need to find a way of rooting it out Because it will get to the stage where Yeah folks say well It's clearly not working The 10 and the 20 and the 30 grand mm. fines We need to up the ante As was found with Rangers Albeit it was a different charge with Rangers But then the day when you upset Yefa Eventually it'll come round to the same thing And the charge sheet is far too long for Manley And clearly far too long for Celtics Lighting. I suppose that, that will be the fear Jim And not, not to say Mark's wrong but it's almost difficult to tell Because I mean they've had one already this season And it was a £10,000 fine Or something yeah. you know, the, the UEFA don't They don't seem to be moving any closer Towards a A more serious sanction No it's a token gesture Of a fine really You know But it does mount up For Celtic You know over the over the period And, and eventually Somewhere along the line There will be You know I think uh, Tougher sanctions But from Celtic's point of view If you've got 50,000 people Going in Or more than that And, and you've got half a dozen if you want to call it that, you know, it's so difficult to to find out who that half a dozen is if if, if they're bringing in pyrotechnics. But 
I suppose they're going to have to police it themselves. If, if it's in a certain section, in a certain area of the stadium where it happens on a regular basis, then they're going to probably have to mm. put their own people in there to say, look, this uh, is. Uh, and, and if it does happen, then escort them from the ground. But it is a difficult one because it is, I mean, a tiny amount of people within that. Within the, the grand scheme of things, Matt, you know, no, and, I know that's, that, that's, that's what you're for strict liability rules. I've, are I've, all got, about. I've said that this uh, last season we've been going about, you know, over a period of, of six or seven weeks with a number of coins being thrown and, and, and different things. And I said, well, if football's serious, and I'll say this, if, if Celtic are serious, then why not consider putting in place something like airport security system where you are checked for a, and you just say, there's no coin. Now, you said, oh, that would never work. You know, you can't stop people mm. taking coins, but don't find excuses for it not to happen. Do either want to clean it up and the Celtic want to stop being fined mm-hmm. and stop the risk of a section being shut down, stop the embarrassment of being fined by UEFA every season? So, do you either, are you either serious about stopping it or are you not? And if you are, what you've been doing so far hasn't been good enough. So, you need to step up the ante properly and mm. put in other measures because supporters aren't going to shop other supporters. Police and stewards aren't identifying the people. CCTV isn't identifying the people. So you need to up the ante. But why, why CCTV not? If you, if you again know the kind of rough area, you know, if you say, well, it's roughly in that section there, more often than not, surely you go and invest in the best cameras you can, focus on that area. Yep. The guys will know, or whoever's there will know that they're under, under scrutiny. So they can do it. And if you do it, I know sometimes they can. Under flags you know, and stuff yeah, like they that. They can do it's... things and cover themselves up. But if you know that's happening, mm. then I think at least then, as you say, you're doing something about it. Paul and Erskine, what do you make of this? Well, I just think if they could pass, anytime they, they, they get a fine for UEFA, pass the cost onto the next home game or next away game in Europe through the, the ticket money. Let the, let the fans pay for it, let them know how the club feels because as sure as hell UEFA aren't going to stand for us much longer I mean many more times Neil Lennon has come out and says you need to chuck it guys this is hurting our club Peter Lawwell has come out and said you'll need to stop it guys there are serious repercussions for using uh, flares and, and other sorts of things and there's an element of the Celtic support who just can't grasp that and I think it's a shame in the biggest majority of the support. Yeah, I mean, Mark, maybe, maybe there's two separate things here because um, going back to any time we've had a charge with UEFA, you know, the UEFA rules put in place strict liability, whether you agree with it or not is actually irrelevant, really, because, you know, there are loads of laws that you might disagree with. You might get really frustrated that you can't use your phone while you're driving or you can't go above 30 yeah. miles an hour. But yeah. ultimately, it's the rule. And if you get punished for it, you've got no real complaints. You have to take it in the chin. So that, that that's one thing. On the other side, maybe football in this country does have to have a discussion about the possibility of using these things in a safe environment. Because this idea that... I mean, in Celtic's statement here, it says... Um, where is the line that jumped out? It says, the club does not want it. Our supporters do not want it. Well, a lot of your supporters do want it quite clearly quite evidently and we've seen it at clubs all across so maybe in this country or other there is a discussion to be had about how things can be used in a a safer way in this occasion that's that's for another time because ultimately you have to make the rules and you need to you need, you need to, to abide stop by them. it yeah and you know again what happens is the fines don't hurt the supporters unless Paul's idea comes in she actually we're going to up, up the ticket price to cover the cost so fines don't hurt supporters but if you look at the reaction 
of the Rangers supporters last month when UEFA actually took the bull by the horn and said, we are closing down a section of your ground, not once but twice. And then Rangers took the measure of, we will not sell any tickets mm. for an away game. That was a real wake-up call for a lot of Rangers, but it was like, hold on, this is real. This has to stop. And maybe it's going to take something similar because fines clearly aren't they working. Celtic sending out statements time after time after time. You're hurting the club. Appeals from Neil Lennon, appeals from Brendan Rodgers, appeals to Peter Lawwell, appeals to Scott Brown. It's not working. And yes, it might only be four, five, six, seven, eight people, but it's happening almost every game in Europe. It's not good enough. Can I, can I just come in there? I'm saying like... Of course you can. I'm, getting, I'm just... I'm actually driving at the minute, so I wasn't too sure who was who was saying that, um, that there is a, maybe a way of looking at using pyrotechnics and flares and that at football games. Um, that was me. Right, well, see, to be honest with you, I think that's ludicrous. That you're suggesting that somebody stands with a flare or one of these smoke bombs, I mean, in close proximity to a large group of people. First no. of all, it's, 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 it's an incendiary device sort of thing. It's, it burns flame. So you would need to fireproof the area that they're standing at. You shouldn't be anywhere near three, four, five feet even of the person next to you in case you burn them. And I mean, where does it go? Is it going to get to the stage where we go, well, no what? Yeah, all right. Well, we'll allow it. And then we'll allow rockets and cartwheels and everything. I mean, you can't have these things inside a football stadium. Yeah, the, the only thing about that, Paul, that's not necessarily my own personal belief, but th- there's always two sides to every argument, and, and, and we're here to explore it. And I hate to, to to tell you, but there are countries that do it. In the MLS, there are designated areas where they they appreciate that it can bring a bit of atmosphere, it can bring a bit of colour, and whether it be that they're... I, I don't know the ins and outs of the engineering of it, whether the devices are different... Whether it's, it's the way that they're used There are leagues that realise That some people like this sort of thing And they try and Embrace that and deal with it in a safe way That's not to say I like it Right, well you, you mentioned MLS there, right? Yep right. The Americans banned Iron Drew But they allow guns and bombings And all sorts <laughs> So I don't understand that You know what I mean? I get ID'd for a drink And I'm in my late 50s yeah, I can walk across to Walmart when I, and buy a gun. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how relevant that is. In fact, I don't really think it's it's, it's relevant at all. But we're talking about fa- we're talking about fans going to yeah, sporting no, events. No, no, no not uh, world politics. No, listen. Uh, you know, the, the, the flares. As you say, you see it umpteen times. You know, listen. We watch the highlights all over Europe, particularly Eastern Europe. Is a lot. You know, in Italy as well. You know, you see the flares going off, the fans, or the colours, or the smoke. Sometimes you have to bring the players off There's that much smoke You can't see the game So I think it's dangerous I think it's unacceptable I don't think we should have flares Anywhere near football Or football stadia I think that you know there's It's not just the fact There could be children there Adults Anyone there yeah. It's just dangerous But As Matt said It doesn't matter how many times You get a slap on the wrist People just seem to ignore it So there has to be something More significant Or else it's just going to continue Okay, Paul and Erskine, thank you very much for the call It's 01419511025 to join in uh, If you would rather do so on Twitter Then you will find us at Clyde SSB uh, Let's check in there um, what we got? John Campbell's got a, a creative solution Maybe instead of pyrotechnics, swap them for electrical torches Because that would look good, says John Campbell I don't know, don't, don't see why not 
as it could be handed out on mass uh, on the way in uh, Hammer Time says he was at the Etihad Mark similar to what you were saying on Sunday City Wolves everyone was getting frisked going into the stadium um, and Celtic Community says Celtic should pay for the fine through the money they make from products involving displays with pyrotechnics yeah I, I get that point as well because again th- this is this is all of the point I was trying to make I, I, I don't really care I'm not I don't get to go to games anymore I'm stuck in here it's not like I'm some uh, flair fanatic but clubs will I used to be flair fanatic <laughs> in the 70s <laughs> clubs will when it suits them mm. use pictures of their fans with smoke yeah. bombs and flares because it looks good and yeah. it's colourful and it's great but then at other times tell their fans they're not allowed to use them that's mm. what I'm talking about I feel like football has a bit of work to do to get its head around how it truly feels about yeah, it's it it's like t- telling your kids to stay away from you know fires and then take them to a fireworks display and then walking up to a big bonfire and the kids are screaming you're saying no that's okay it's fine don't worry about it it's just a big bonfire and then so you've, you've got the different images you know the image of excitement and colour and flair as you say fireworks displays it all looks fantastic you know club, then, clubs will use that in yeah, promotional activity yeah, promotional, for, for yeah. season tickets and whatever else it does but I think as I said it's, it's one of those things where <laughs> I don't know how it's just it's all of a sudden it's what the last couple of years really it's, it's, it's just going to develop into your game uh, but I think it, it can go as quickly I think it can I think it's a bit of a fad at this moment in time and I think if we manage to stamp mm. it in a short period of time I think it'll go completely See listen this show gives you everything we've gone from Scotland to Flares to Walmart to <laughs> Bonfire Night yeah. on it. listen there is no stone left unturned on here 01419511025 we've got a full time teaser get your pen and paper ready Jim and Mark yeah. will try and tackle that next Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors. They play to win every time. Talk to Thompson's.com. Jim Duffy and Mark Guidi are here with me, Gordon Duncan, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard reaction coming in um, to Celtic's fine for use of pyrotechnics. Or not, not the fine, sorry, the statement on, on the back of the charge. Um, Liam H says if it's going to keep handing out fines to the club, then it should be stopped, regardless of apparently creating. Um, a better atmosphere etc Lee 67's on Is there not an option Of having a designated area Obviously controlled For some sort of pyrotechnics As in other parts of Europe Lee Don't ask that question It's a ridiculous <laughs> Suggestion As we Ludicrous. found out Ludicrous Just before the break uh, It's time for your teaser By the way um, We had a few Absolute crackers Honestly Last night Roger Hanna Should have seen a state of him Trying to come uh, up with the answers I heard, I heard the tail end of it Takes him very car, seriously yeah. But it was tough last night This one I think this is quite tough as well uh, I should say thank you to Eric Duff For sending it in um, Fulltime at Clyde1.com That's the address you need If you want to hear your question on the show We'd love to read it out Fulltime at Clyde1.com So Eric says Can you name the last 10 players To play for St Mirren Who have 10 or more caps for Scotland Were you guys in here when we did a similar Partick Thistle question last week No it wasn't you was it uh, But anyway Eric says Can you name the last 10 players To play for St Mirren Who have 10 or more Caps for Scotland Paul Lambert mm-hmm. Paul Lambert Yes He has 40 caps for Scotland Played for St Mirren In the late 80s Early 90s Frank McAvaney No Frank McGarvey no. no John McGinn John McGinn Yes mm. I think he's got 16 caps at the moment Started his career at St Mirren Kenny McLean Only on seven caps oh, I think Yeah right, okay. Stevie Clark Nope okay, I'm trying to think Of the uh... Gordon McQueen Yes He's Great number shout. ten on the list So you've In terms of 
Going back He's the furthest back He's the furthest back Right so that's fine We'll leave that there You've got 3 out of 10 We are looking for the last Oh Ian Ferguson Midfielder No 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 no. Alright We'll leave it there We're looking for the last 10 players Who have played for St Mirren And have 10 or more caps for Scotland Guys like John McGinn Paul Lambert Gordon McQueen They're the three They've got the wrong answers Guys like McAvenny That's wrong uh, Kenny McLean is wrong Doesn't have enough caps yet So uh, you can help us At Clyde SSB On Twitter uh, Let's speak to David and Pollock Hi David Hi guys How are you doing? Good David How are you? Ah no bad No bad I was listening to the carrier earlier on And I, I can't even remember The guy's name um, To come on and slate the boy Shanklin Calling him a dumpling Playing in a dumpling league um, I take it the boy was a Ranger supporter uh, The way he was talking mm-hmm. um, Does he know Remember that Rangers are actually tracking this boy um, They've been watching him They've talked about signing him um, I think it, it was it was ridiculous The comment he made I don't think there's We've got playoffs to play for Why not give the boy a chance I think you know, uh, Regardless of who the the caller, it was Derek Ellen, regardless of who the caller supports or whatever, to come on and call a professional footballer at any level, a dumpling, particularly one that's just been called up for his national team, that's banged in 60-odd goals in the past couple of seasons, albeit at championship level, was disrespectful. And I said to Derek, he let himself down. You know, he come on to a radio station and say that in public. Mm-hmm. You might not rate somebody, you might not think he's good enough, that's fine, but there's a way to word things and it doesn't matter what team... You support the guy, Derek. Let him serve. I think. I think we'll be, let's let's move beyond the call in itself. What about the the, the whole debate surrounding uh, Lawrence Shanklin, David? Is that does this mean that you are you just defending him from the use of the word dumpling, or are you defending him enough to suggest that he could play for Scotland tomorrow? I, I don't see why no. I don't see why he, he should get given a chance. And the reason I was saying about the, the boy being a Ranger supporter, um, I, I'm a Ranger supporter as well. But the the point I was making was Ali McCoy came to Ibrox and didn't have a flying start. But he came on to be our top goal scorer. Mm-hmm. So who's to say the boy wouldn't come to Ibrox and do the same? I just want I like yeah. um I'm fascinated either way, Jim, by, mm-hmm. by Lauren Shanklin's Sort of journey Because he starts mm. at Queen's Park And that's a great story as well yeah, Isn't it If he does manage to line up Alongside yeah. Andy Robertson mm-hmm. um, Gets the, the big move to Aberdeen mm. did, did that come Did that come too soon for him then Is that No I don't think it came too soon for him But I think it, Again we keep saying You need opportunities He went to Aberdeen He got very few opportunities I think Adam Rooney Was probably the primary reason Because he was the kind of Number one striker At that time uh, And it's Yeah Aberdeen have got I suppose high you know, demands from the, the supporters to be successful. So you know, you're, you're throwing someone in. He went and loan, I think, about three, four times to different clubs with various degrees of success to try and get experience, and it just didn't quite click for him at Aberdeen for for one reason or another. And then he found, um, you know, a spiritual home at Somerset Park under Ian McCall at United, and and and, and his confidence grew. As I said, but I've said it on the program before He changed mm-hmm. He looked at himself And said What do I need to do He'd done everything He could do To give himself The best chance Then he played a team That the system suited him And the creativity In the team um, Allowed him chances And then he, he just he, he just went He just went to a different level So listen I, I, I would be Absolutely no doubt If Lauren Chapman Was playing for Rangers Or Celtic Or any of the big clubs Who create chances he would score goals Absolutely no doubt because about the, that. He the, is a finisher The only thing that's Well not the only But the main thing That is getting held mm. against him In this argument Is he plays in the championship yeah. Does he Does when he, he, when does he, he certainly have chance? another yeah, Level another in him Another yeah. move in him 
Absolutely, and we, you know, the better you get. I mean, when do we do we say, oh, this this guy's no good enough? I mean, there's there's umpteen examples over the years when someone, as I said, you know, we're saying there for Alan McCoy starting this in Johnson and Sunderland, and he goes to Rangers. It's, it's it's maybe just the wrong time. A little bit of range where he goes, and then soon as takes over, and the whole the whole club's elevated, and Alan McCoy said to prove to him as well because I don't think he fancied him too much, but he had to prove there as well, and then went on and scored. An enormous amount of goals. I don't know, like a couple of hundred goals. So it's it's you know listen, you've got to 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 look not always at the finished article. The finished article costs tens of millions these days. You've got to look at potential and see what the player has in his locker. And Lon Shankman's got a lot in his locker. And, and aside from the whole dumpling thing, I think we can we can move beyond that. Mark, the initial question from that caller actually was, I mean, is this where we are at? And the simple answer, without offending anybody, is. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. Because you only have to be better than the, the other Scottish strikers, and at the moment, who are they? Well, the the number nine jersey is up for grabs, Gordon. And, and there's four games or six months, whatever you want to look at it, for somebody to go and get a grasp of that number nine jersey and make it their own. Right now, there's four or five in the running. Um, again, without being disrespectful, there is not a standout candidate because nobody has made themselves a standout yet. So I think we're looking at. I don't think the Scotland team's that far away But I think we are Again, I'm the greatest of respect To the right backs that we have available We're a number two And a number nine away From being A team that will qualify If we don't get a number two Centre We don't get a number nine enough. I think we're going to Yeah, I mean, listen You, you can't have everything You know mm-hmm. And I think the set of hands that we've got there's, there's maybe five or six Names in there we all know And, you can, and, and again, I don't think we've got An outstanding centre half but there's a, there's a chance to have a couple of decent or more than decent pairings. Middle part were fine, left back were fine, wide areas were fine, but um, we're a number nine and a number two away, and that's a concern. So at the moment, it could be Lawrence Shank- Shanklin come March. It could well be that in January that a club does go and pay seven hundred and fifty grand to Dundee United for him, or a million quid, or a million. The hat depends how how hardball Dundee United want to want to play, considering they're going for promotion. And then they could go to a, a bigger league mm-hmm. and play the goal and it becomes a number nine, you know, and that's that's what would happen. I, I think it tells you a little bit about the boy. He had the opportunity to go down south and he turned them down and although Dundee will pay him decent money in comparison to, to United, there's no doubt he's, he's maybe doubled his wages, who knows, but he could have got considerably more. But I think he looked at his own development, as I said, and thought, right, this is, in, this is the perfect, because Dundee United will probably, or, or we keep going back, they had a poor game last week, but by... Majority of the games They will dominate mm-hmm. In that division So he will get More opportunity to score And therefore That will continue His development And uh, help his His confidence And also his reputation Whereas if he goes down south To maybe a championship club Become part of a squad Maybe doesn't play All the time You know that you know, And, and it's He maybe Maybe step, step, step back Earns his bank balance Is fatter There's no doubt about that But his development, I think, I think that shows you he's he's not money motivated, and that's quite unusual mm. in modern day. Uh, David, what about from a Rangers perspective? Just before we we let you go, do you go into this international break a happy man? Oh, of course. Um, uh, you're at the top of the table, and everybody's chasing you now. So don't get me wrong; it's still it's still a long way to go. Um, and uh, as I said, the, the the standard of football is getting better. It's not the best, but it's getting better. Um, Celtic are still a good team But we'll wait and see Come in May See how it goes Good man That was David and Paul 0141 951 1025 I'll take a suggestion each from you On the teaser 
Don't want to dwell on it too long I've got two Certainties Go for it I'll decide if they're certainties yeah, they're old. He's an old He's an old teammate When I was at St Man the way back Roy Aitken mm-hmm. Yep 57 caps yeah, And the other one Loan deals count Are we having Charlie Adam? Yes Right yeah, Charlie no. Adam as well now what about Billy Thompson? No Camel Money? No Tony Fitzpatrick? No You're halfway there You've got five down the Five other, to go No Nah later, five to go right, Plenty okay. of time Plenty of time 01419511025 That is the number you need uh, To get in touch I was just about to take a call And it's disappeared mm-hmm. um, Don't know what's happened Producer Andy's going to get on the case uh, And bring that back I'll check in on Twitter then Whilst we're uh, Whilst we're waiting Lots of reaction coming in from Fans to this pyrotechnics uh, debate um, Alan McCauley says If the offending fans and area Are for pyrotechnics Then work with the club The club uses them on trophy day Why not have official pyro in front of the fans In a safe area um, Andrew along a very similar line Says clubs don't do themselves any favours They're using pyrotechnics on the pitch To celebrate winning cups etc How can they expect fans to stop Well they do it right in front of them you know, because the clubs will do it in a controlled and, and safe manner. When you're giving somebody, a, a, a fans are sneaking them in and it's in a, in a crowded Congested, area or whatever, yeah. then, yeah, listen, look, the bottom line is, Gordon, as you said, there's some laws right, and some like rules that we don't yeah. like, but you've got to abide yeah. by them. So see the bottom line is, at the moment, pyrotechnics are lot, not allowed by supporters. By UEFA, stop yeah. bringing them, stop yeah. using yeah. them, bottom line. Yeah, that's what I said. They're, they're definitely, that's two separate discussions. <laughs> so I don't want them to... to yeah. The sort of blur it is It's pretty obvious at the moment yeah. If you want UEFA to stop fighting you, you you need to put your own feelings on it Yeah exactly you, you, you go to fireworks this way But you wouldn't light them off in your house You know what I mean mm. it's, it's it's the rule It is against the rules And Celtic have You know Have another warning We'll get another fine And eventually mm. as I said to you the, 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 They will close down a section of the, sta- of the stadium right. Lee's got a very uh, topical point for us Lee is in Blackpool uh, What's the, the question or the point for the panel tonight Lee? Hello Thanks for taking me call Um I'm just wondering if you think it's time now that club steps in and ban players from using social media. Uh, if they've been contacted to the club, it could affect performances, etc. I'm, I'm aware that it should, shouldn't have to come to that, but it's the world we live in nowadays, isn't it? Uh, right, what, what, what makes you say that, Liam? I'm just trying to dig a bit deeper. Is there one yeah. example? or a... Well, with Ryan Christie having to delete his account, mm-hmm. etc. But it's, uh, it's not just an isolated incident, is it? It's happening quite a lot nowadays. I know Wilfred Zahar down here, he's had some more racial... Stuff happened to him today. A lot of it's not even football related, really. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's not going to happen, Lee. I, guys are my age who, who you know, find it just baffling, you know, why players are continually, not just players, just everyone, just basically continually on it. Um, you know, can't quite understand it, but it's, it is the way it is. It's, it's the way we are now in 2019, and. You know, I think that how how would you then police that if you, in, in the sense that you know players, you know they, they they've got their own time, their own free time. You know, you can't check their phones and and all these kind of things. You just can't do it. So you you can ask them, and a lot of clubs will will say, and and do say, listen, be careful. You know what you say and what you do, and everyone can see it. But players like publicity, and they they've got to take the 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 bad with the good, unfortunately. Yeah. Players seem to live their life through social yeah. media, don't they? It's, yeah, it's also lucrative but, for them. Mm, mm, it is. It's, yeah, yeah, it's a money maker for yeah. them. A money maker, yeah. and they're encouraged to do yeah. it by mm. and at the, at the big level down south mm. and, and abroad. You know, their agents and you know their their social media agents, and they go and get endorsements and deals. So yeah, you're right. And you know, you, you can't have it 
Always But it's just a shame Like social media uh, Like the internet Isn't used For the right reasons I mean it can be People, But obviously yeah, there are so saying, many But there's too often Gordon It's used for, for the wrong reasons Which I mean, is pretty sad There are great examples I'm sure of You know Times when it's it's United players and fans and and the the, the whole the whole um, appeal of it in the beginning was that, you know you could you could talk to your you could talk yeah. to your hero and, and you mm-hmm. never know and, and players have been great at, at pictures and signed mm-hmm. things and, and charitable causes which go on and, and raise awareness so there is a lot of good yeah. but, but I think Lee's obviously right with that comes yeah. so many downsides yeah I mean we've I've seen it recently down south particularly the the, the racist um, uh, aspect of it where a lot of players you know and, and, and senior players come out and say look. You know they they're putting uh, notices out to, to come off it for a period of time. I don't quite get you know how that would you know find a solution. It just means that you you wouldn't wouldn't receive it personally. But these are the, the people who perpetrate these things would still continue to do it. But listen, it's it's just the way it is now. I think that uh, you know we have to monitor it better, and I think the uh, the companies you know that that are involved in it, um, I think have to look at it uh, not just from football perspective, but anyone that seems to be in in the in the public eye. Well, that is the point, you isn't know? it? It's, listen, it's like all of these things because we we love football, we mm. focus on football. Mm. This isn't football's problem. No, people, no. the way people treat each other on social media yeah. is a disgrace, quite yeah. frankly, at yeah. times. But that's probably above our. Yeah, I mean, above if someone, our someone, it's even going to the wags yeah. now, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, well, the thing we is, might get you, to that in a minute. If you get all these things, listen. If someone said something to someone face to face, but everyone says it, it's faceless people. A lot of times, it's anonymous and it's difficult to to track. So, so, so the companies have to do more. Yeah. Have to do final more. word to you in this, Lee. Yeah, I, I agree. I just think it's a shame that the world's come mm-hmm. to this. Really, yeah. you know, it's, it's it's a real shame. People, like Ryan Chris, I'm a Rangers fan personally, but. Mm-hmm. Um, Ryan Christie the other day he's a footballer sometimes you get red cards like that, but the amount of abuse he's got is ridiculous mm-hmm. oh, just um, just wondering if it starts affecting performances for some clubs do you think it in. could affect performances Jim? Mm-hmm. yeah possibly because and also you, you may be a bit tentative the next time you get into tackle because you think well God, if I'm a split second late here I could get sent off again and then I'm going to get unbelievable if that's the thing I got the first time what likes it going to be the second because it thing? used to be I don't want to, I don't want my manager to be angry yeah. and that's obvious mm-hmm. but I suppose there's a whole yeah. other world now but you, might, you might just dip your toe in there and also that can help you can get injured as a player I mean mm-hmm. notorious for saying to players you dip your toe in and somebody goes in really committed you're the one that could get injured Lee and Blackpool a good a topical point well made thank you very much what about tonight's teaser then sent in by Eric Duff to fulltime at clyde1.com can you name the last 10 players to play for St Mirren who have 10 or more Scotland caps we're going at most recent John McGinn Charlie Adam Paul Lambert Roy Aitken Gordon McQueen 5 down 5 to go I've got 2 more I think right on you go Duff Stevie Archibald yes he was at St Mirren that was as well I'll take a guess from you Mark I'll try Gary Teal Yes well done I think we can leave it there You've got three to get We'll try and get them next Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors The form team for compensation For more than 40 years Talk to Thompson's.com Into the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard Jim Duffy and Mark Guidi are here You can still get in touch on the phone So 1419511025 or on Twitter at Clyde SSB. Some breaking news coming from Moscow, and it's that Kenny McLean has been ruled out of tomorrow's game against Russia for Scotland. Jim, I think most people had him in their, their starting eleven, or they certainly had a very good chance. So that's another mm-hmm. another midfield option gone. Remember, Scott McTominay is suspended. Ryan Jack pulled out injured. 
remake of that Kieran McLean I just think I keep you know saying all the time it's so difficult to prepare I mean you've only got less than 24 hours before before the game starts in your head he may well have been part of the setup, you know or you know he may have been thinking listen we can use him in this role and then again out and uh, you have to you have to put someone else in maybe at the last minute uh, not not pull them into the squad but put them in the team so I just think it's so and that's the reason why I'm saying it's, it's a, such a learning curve for Stevie Clark because he was just you know this type of experience will be invaluable to him but something I'm, I'm sure he would have preferred not to have happened um, but listen we've still got good players in there listen we've still got Christy McGregor McGinn uh, you know we've got we've got good players John Fleck's a terrific Stuart Armstrong's now back in the squad yeah. isn't he yeah. John Fleck yeah. I think was well, I mean I can remember John Fleck's five six years ago people were thinking he was, oh, going was, that that was a kid, a kid that Rangers ne- ne- the next biggest thing Aye. and it just took him a while but he's a, he is a terrific player and again playing the Premier League with Sheffield United so we've got good players in that area We've got three answers to get on the teaser We'll get them in just a second Let's speak to Darren in East Kilbride first Hi Darren Hi there, how you doing guys? Good Darren, what's your point tonight? Uh, well I've got two um, Just one quick one about Lawrence Shankland I fully agree that he should be in the squad And by definition Your national team should be the best performing players of that nationality And he is just that So he deserves it And he deserves a shot That's that sort of quick point Um my main point is, however, I'm a Rangers supporter and this really kind of pains me to say this, but uh, I'm delighted that we're top of the league, but I actually do think that this year Celtic have just got enough that they'll pip us again. Uh, I think it'll go to the wire. I think it'll be as close as it's been, but I think next season is the season that we're truly going to trump them. Um, if we don't do this season, you know, it'll be, you know, it'll be terrible, but I honestly do think that this season... Is not the time for us We'll put the pressure on But I think they've just got Too much in their locker for us Would you settle for a season Without any silverware Darren? No So it needs to be something A cup then? I would say I would say If we take any silverware at all It would be a successful season From us We don't want another treble Um, If we win the league Brilliant You know It'll be kind of above all expectations I'm sure everyone would agree with that Um, But uh, See if we take any cup at all that for me would be a successful season ahead of winning the league next year. As long as we stop ten in a row, that's that's the objective. And while Celtic have just this season, I suppose, got the monetary firepower to do something about it, um, I think next season, maybe with a lack of the Champions League income or something, will probably be our biggest chance to kind of be on an equal playing field. Okay, what do you make of Darren's take? I, yeah, I mean, certainly I agree. I think Rangers need to win a trophy um, this season. You know, ideally for Rangers, they would want it to be the league, but certainly a trophy signals proper progress. I, I agree, and I've said it since the start of the season, made our predictions. I think it will go to the wire. I think it could come down to the last day very easily. There's a proper challenge there for Rangers. Where I would disagree, maybe, and albeit both squads will change over the next couple of transfer windows that's just what happens and a couple of major players might go from from both sides and how do you replace them but I think if, if Celtic had to win it this season and go to nine in a row I think that could possibly just demoralise Rangers you know and, and how do they lift themselves again I know that um, more than 20 years ago Walter Smith's team got to nine in a row and Celtic stopped 10 after a hell of a terrible start and Vim Janssen just came in etc etc and they managed to do it but I think that if Celtic got to nine, I would I would fancy them strongly to get to ten. 
But I think getting to nine is going to be a real major effort from Celtic. And I agree that I still fancy them to win the title. I still think they've got the strongest squad. If need be, at this moment, they've the greater financial muscle to go out and do something in January uh, if, if they need to do it. But as I've said all along, if Celtic slip up the way that they slipped up last season but weren't punished for it, then I think Rangers are now in a position where they will take advantage, as has been the case the past two weekends. Yeah, I think um, I, I think Dan is, uh, you know, obviously right in the sense that the, you know, Rangers need to try and get silverware and just, you know, stop stop the treble, uh, you know, the sorry, the quadruple uh, happening first and foremost, and also from Rangers' point of view, show you know real um, development in that winning mentality and winning, you know, winning a trophy and getting over that finishing lines I mentioned earlier on. But I don't think too many his fellow supporters would agree that wait till next year. I think that uh, you know that that's leaving it. Uh, you know everything. You know you know your fingernails will be bitten right into the quick by that time. So I think that uh, the earlier Rangers can do it, the better from from their perspective. But I said at the start of the program, I still think Celtic have got the the winning mentality, and Rangers still have to find that. And over the next couple of months, we'll find out if they can. I'll give you the final say, Darren. I would kind of agree with what you say there. Um, I think it's about responsiveness. I think if we can, if Rangers can keep the momentum up, it'll be brilliant for us. But when come January, like you say, there'll be a completely different sort of playing field. And I think Celtic have got too much sort of financial muscle to be responsive, if you know what I mean. Um, it's um, If we're doing well, they've got far too much in their locker to kind of do something about it where we really don't. Okay, look, we'll leave it there. Thank you very much. That was Darren in East Kilbride. That will be our final call of the evening. Thank you uh, again to Darren. We're now going to round off the teaser, if we can. It was sent in by Eric tonight to fulltime at Clyde1.com. Get your questions in. We'd love to have them. Uh, we're looking for the last 10 players who played for St Mirren at some point and have 10 or more Scotland caps. So you've got John McGinn, Gary Teal, Charlie Adam, Paul Lambert, Roy Aitken, Stevie Archibald, Gordon McQueen. You've got three to get. I'll try, I'm not sure, but I'll try Kit Broadfoot. No. Right, okay. Stephen Thompson? Yes. Oh, great shout, well done. You don't hear his full name so much anymore. It's usually Tomo this. Oh, it's Tomo, Tomo that. Tomo. There we go. Stephen Tomo. Thompson. I just thought, I didn't realise he was doing shooting market sweep these days. Um, <laughs> let me think. Uh, Two to get. I'm struggling now. You've I'm actually struggling. not got the most recent one. Aye. Because you, I mean, he was probably not best known for being a St Mirren player that, That's the problem But he, he did have a couple of years there In 2015 to 17 So that would be the sort of championship wouldn't it um, He's a centre half Right so No wait a minute So Big Gary McKenzie was a centre half And Jack Baird was a centre half Just before half. that then uh, He was much more experienced At the end of his uh, career uh, Andy Webster Yep Andy oh, Webster And the last one This is the hardest one It was always going to be the hardest one uh, He played for Although to be fair What a career he had He played for Arsenal And Man United Arsenal Man United Hmm And what, what era? 70s 60s and 70s oh, In fact 60s um, came Before You thought you said Gordon McQueen was old Yeah but, it, but So he must have gone to see him On the yeah. end of his career Oh is, Oh no it's no No I was going to see Archie Gale This is brutal No he's, he's the 11th He just misses out right. well, I'll tell you Yeah who is it Ian Ewer you got the rest Thank you Mark and Jim We're back Good tomorrow question, well With Gordon and Mark And Callum is up next So stay tuned 
Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Compensation you deserve. When there's been foul play, talk to Thompson's.com.